Hello and welcome back to the top 10 things you can do to prevent child sexual abuse. My name is Megan and this is tip number five. Today we are going to be talking about teaching your child that they are the boss of their body. Now I've mentioned before that the whole impetus for getting this class out on a podcast is because of the new book I have out on Amazon, Who's the Boss of This Body? And that is basically focused here on tip number five. So as a quick review, I just want to really reiterate uh, some of the points I've made so far, because even though these are 10 things that people need to know to prevent child sexual abuse, there are really three main things that you need to be communicating to your children. The first one I covered in tip number one, and that is that children need to have a basic understanding of what sexual abuse is. Sometimes people want to break the rules and do things to their private body parts. And if that ever happens, you want them to come and tell you. So this leads to the second main point that I want and that is what we talked about in tip number four, which is secrets are not safe. And I really think it's so important for children to understand that secrets are just not safe. And then the third thing that I really want kids to know is, yes, they are the boss of their body. And so that is what tip number five is all about. And it's really quite simple. There are several things that children need to know in this tip, but the main one is that they know their private body rules, and those are that they are the boss of their body and other people are the boss of their bodies, and so they have the right to keep their private parts private. So this is how we want to communicate this to them. First and foremost, children need to have the language. So using anatomically correct names for their private parts is very important. Now you can refer to these parts as private parts because these are the parts that we keep private. They're the parts that when we go to the swimming pool we want to make sure are covered up. They are covered up at all times. And for girls these are the vagina and the breasts and for boys this is the penis and also for both they we want to cover up the buttocks. So these are their private parts and we want to make sure that they have the correct names for their private parts. So I mentioned this earlier that a question I get very frequently is when do I start having these conversations? This is it. When you start teaching your child language and you start naming body parts, the first thing that you can do is this is your elbow, this is your ear, this is your penis, this is your toe. You're just going through body parts. You're not shaming, you're not making these body parts seem different and silly and that, oh, we can't even talk about them because that is what makes it so hard for kids to tell. If they're embarrassed to say the word penis or they think they're going to get in trouble for saying the word, they are not going to come forward and say that something is happening. I once had a client that her sexual abuse was by a family friend, and he would take her out on all kinds of adventures. The parents thought it was great that they were always going on hikes and things. And she really looked up to this guy, thought he was a great guy, but he did this really weird thing, is when he would be driving her places, he would be masturbating in the car right next to her and exposing his penis. She, at one point, thought about telling her school counselor. She was in the school counselor's office, and she wanted to tell her, but the only word she knew for that part, 
part of a male's body was dick. And she knew that if she said dick at school, she would be in trouble. And so as a result, she did not end up telling at that time. And it was later found out when he was texting her and some of the texts became known. And uh, then the secrets came out at that point. But it is just so important that we give kids the language because we want them to be comfortable talking about things that happen to their body. And we have to start with that instilling that comfort with explaining to them private body rules. And that is that these are the names of your private parts. For girls, it's vagina. For boys, it's penis and so on. So once they have the language, then you can start teaching them that actually they're the boss of their body and they're the boss of their private parts. Now, of course, if you have a younger child and let's say you're teaching this to your four-year-old and you still have a child in diapers, that's a great opportunity to be able to say to your child, look at this, she's still not the boss of her body because I need to clean her vagina when I am cleaning her after she makes a mess in her diaper. So she's not quite the boss of her body yet, not like you are, because when you're in the bathroom, you take care of yourself, don't you? And so when they're learning toileting, when you're teaching them to wash themselves in the bathtub, these are opportunities to really instill in them that, you know what, you're such a big boy. I want you to start really becoming the boss of your body. And that's going to mean that I don't even need to help you wash your penis anymore. So here, I'm going to show you how I want you to do it. Here's the sponge and you can practice. And so really teaching them that they are the boss of their body in opportunities like toileting and when you are teaching them um, to bathe themselves, etc. So not only are we teaching kids that they're responsible for their private body roles and they have the right to keep them private, but you want to also let them know that other people are responsible for keeping their own private part, private body parts private. And so when you go to swimming pools and that kind of thing, you can point out how people cover their private parts. And that's because it's not okay for people to show children their private parts or ask a kid to do anything to touch their private parts or play games with private parts or play naked games. That's just never okay. So games with private parts are never okay. Naked games are never okay. You're the boss of your body. Other people are the boss of their bodies and making sure your kids know the anatomically correct names for their body parts. So that is essentially what this tip is all about. Now, of course, in these conversations, you can always reiterate the importance of telling because that's really the only way to make somebody that breaks these body rules stop is by telling because if it's a secret, then it's really too hard for kids to get it to stop on their own. Now, I am going to mention this because I think that most listeners to this podcast have younger preschool or school-age children. Um, I also have a separate class that I do for parents that is the top 10 tips for sexual abuse prevention, but this one is for teenagers. And so at a later date, I may consider if there seems to be a demand for it a class uh, for parents on those 10 tips because they are somewhat different. Um, But I do think that when we start 
having that sex talk when children are fifth, sixth grade, it is important that we take that as an opportunity to instill safe sexual values in kids. And so this is really the, the body safety rules that I think are important for teenagers. Um, and just it kind of builds on that you are the boss of your body that, that children will learn at an earlier age. But talking to your older children about sexual contact, of course, is going to be influenced by your culture, your family values. However, there are certain things that I think are critical, no matter what the circumstances. The first one is teaching teens about consent. And so when you're talking and first explaining to your child, having that sex talk about that sometimes grown-ups want to touch each other's private parts in private because it feels good, and ultimately this is how babies are made, you want to be teaching them that both people involved in that situation must be actively saying yes in consenting. I don't really like the message of no means no, Again, referring back to why kids don't tell, very often kids feel like they need to keep this a secret because they froze in the shame around freezing. So consent really isn't about having a strong affirmative no. A lot of people are not able to do that. Even adult women in sexual harassment situations in offices all over America, it's very hard for them to just clearly say, no, stop, don't touch me there. So how we can expect a child to do that is just beyond me. But, but we want to really promote that yes means yes. And so when it comes to sexual contact, we need teens to understand that sex is supposed to be fun. And this is a message that we really don't like to talk about. I think there's this fear that if we admit to them that it's supposed to be fun, then they won't stop doing it and they'll be having sex all over the place. But they get these mixed messages because from school, they get information about pregnancy prevention and about uh, diseases and that sex has all these negative consequences. And a lot of time at home, they're getting some similar messages, but yet in what they're watching on television and in movies, they're seeing a very different message. And so really, you're not going to do your child any harm. You can still tell them your, your family values if you want them to wait until marriage. They need to be having fun doing this on their wedding night. It is supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be exciting and it's supposed to feel good for both people involved. And so if both people are not actively saying yes, it should not happen. A second important value that I think teens need to know is that the risk of any type of unwanted sexual contact is going to be considerably lower if the two people have had a conversation about sexual expectations beforehand. And so if you cannot talk about sex, you should not be having sex with a person that you cannot even have a conversation with them about. So often when we hear about these situations with, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, and, and maybe they're with an older teen that they think they're in a relationship with, or maybe it's just some exploration with each other. These incidents of abuse occur just in a moment of just confusion. And sometimes almost just by accident that they got into this situation and it just, it shouldn't have been happening in the first place. So they need to be able to have a conversation with a person about sex. And of course, then about 
pregnancy prevention and um, protection before they're having sex with the person. Another important thing for talking with teens is any sexual contact between teens should be with same age peers. The law is different state by state, and so it's really hard to say what it is in specific areas because it does vary pretty dramatically. But I do think that it, the the risk of abuse is considerably less if they the closer they are in age. And it's never, ever okay to have sexual contact with family members. That really should be emphasized that that is not okay and that, um, you know, sexual relationships need to be happening when they are in a relationship with a peer or however you want it to look like with, with your family values. But there's never any reason to play games or have contact like that with any family members. And then finally, and this is a whole, I could do a whole entirely different presentation on um, sexting and internet safety, but sending photos that expose private parts is, it's a criminal offense and uh, in a lot of states. And so it's not something that you ever want your child doing, even if they are being asked to do it or being threatened, they need to know that they can come and talk to you about it because it's just not okay and you don't ever want them to have those pictures out there because once that goes out they're sending away their power and control and it will be very difficult to get that back. So that is essentially tip number five. Uh, it's a shorter one that we've had before um, but this one is is something that I think it will continue to come up um, in my next tip tip number six, I'm really going to be talking about how to make sexual abuse prevention just part of your normal child and I'm sorry, normal parenting interactions with your child and just looking for everyday opportunities to use some of these things that you've learned. And so how to just implement this into your parenting. So that will be coming up. And so you're the boss of your body will continue to pop up. Um, again, I would like to give a plug for my book here because I think that I, I really put a lot of, of time and, um, just a lot of thought into how to make this book really go in line with the messages that I give parents in my class. And so that was something that I wanted to be able to communicate as all different ways that kids can be the boss of their body. And so Who's the Boss of Your Body on Amazon is a great tool for supporting this tip. So thank you for tuning in again. This has been tip number five. And uh, I will look forward to having you back for tip number six, which will be talking about making sexual abuse prevention part of your everyday parenting. Again, if you have been triggered by anything in this recording today and you're looking for help, please consider contacting the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, RAIN, at 1-800-656-HOPE. And you can also uh, report any instances of child sexual abuse to your local law enforcement or Child Protective Services Agency. Thank you again, and you have a great day.